Welcome to Manager Tools. Simple facilitation, choosing a plan, part three. Here we go. This cast answers these questions. How can I help a group figure out how to choose a plan? What tools can I use to go from ideas to action when facilitating? How can I help a group make planning decisions? Well, if you want answers to these questions and more, keep listening. Finally, after years of waiting, The Effective Manager in book form is available at Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and your other retail booksellers, as well as signed copies are available on our website, manager-tools.com. If you want to know the basics of how to manage others effectively in book format, including Kindle and ebook format as well, we encourage you to buy, read, and then implement the guidance in The Effective Manager. So now we have this um, long list. So now we start voting on the items. In my head, I'm thinking about voting, but no, you've got, so you've got a whiteboard filled with a hundred ideas. And by the way, some of them are crackpot stupid and some of them are genius. <laughs> That's part of, yeah, it's part of brainstorming, right? Yeah, because you tell people don't self-censor, throw in, throw the word peanut butter up there. In fact, I was at Salesforce and I promised, um, my client up there that I would uh, dedicate this week's cast to them, a group of executives at Salesforce, just a really, it was just really special to see how great, how much they cared about their customers, their mission, what they're trying to do for their customers. This is a customer success cloud. And um, Craig Jennings is um, our client up there and just a great executive. And they really had a great experience and they were really, they really liked seeing all the ideas on a whiteboard. And we probably at one point had a hundred of them. And what's interesting about the crackpot idea and the genius idea is that person A thinks idea one is genius and idea two is crackpot. And person B thinks idea one is crackpot and idea two is genius. Right. And you know what? If you're a leader, if you're an executive, if you're a manager and you're leading this, if you're the facilitator, it's good to have that divergence. If you think everybody thinks the way you do, if you think everybody thinks idea two is genius, and then you wonder why one of your people doesn't seem to be or seems to be dragging his or her feet, you'll discover that actually he didn't think that idea was very good. Now, there comes a time where we're no longer being creative and we have a plan and now we all have to toe the line and we don't always get to do the plan we want to do, but it's good to know that. And it's good to think, Ooh, I'll probably need to spend a couple extra minutes. You know, Mike says to himself, I'll need to spend a couple extra minutes with Mark because he wasn't that strong on our number one idea. So before we start voting, we've got this big list. We go back over every item on the list. We repeat each one again. Now, if I'm really knowledgeable about the topic that we're facilitating, it's not arcane or too technological or too industry specific or company specific and so on. After repeating it, add a little bit more to it. Show how it relates to another idea on the list. In other words, we want to refresh the list in everyone's mind. And, you know, folks, it sounds like this. Okay, so, so we're going to get ready to do some voting. But before we do that, now that we've been super creative and we've thrown up all over the whiteboard, let's go back over the list and just validate. Let's just remind ourselves of what we meant at that time. Get that back in our heads before we decide to say, okay, you know, we're trying to boil the ocean. You know, let's be clear about what the ocean is. And then we'll start picking and choosing what, what ideas we like the best. Is there some exclamation as well as some, for example, like peanut butter? Now, we, we joke about peanut butter is 
a way of just sending the message that, hey, you can say anything. But there's some cases where somebody will say something and because we're brainstorming, we're not going to spend five minutes talking about what they really mean. So this would be the opportunity where somebody would yeah. say, hey, I said this. I said this word. This is what I meant. And they go, oh, OK, all right, because um, you're not doing that necessarily during brainstorming. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. So we don't we don't have a discussion about why A is better than B or what do you really mean? And can you explain that? Because that takes away from the quantitative purpose, the volume purpose of brainstorming, and it changes us from judging and evaluating another idea, it puts us in judging and evaluating rather than in creating. And they're two different mindsets. I mean, I've seen pictures of maps of brains with the electrodes and you could tell different parts of the brain are active at different when you do different types of thinking. That's right. If this is the way you do brainstorming in your organization, it will turn out that your brainstorming will go better because people are going to be willing to forego that explanation or that discussion because they know they're going to get an opportunity later, right? And if you're the person saying the idea and you don't think people get it, the tendency is to want to talk about it. Again, it's just a buzzkill during brainstorming. Yeah, And exactly. when people learn that there's an opportunity later, they're willing to hold off a little bit. Yeah. And what I do is I usually have two markers in my hand. And when Joe says, I think we ought to invest in some live video technology to reach this office in Mumbai. And Bob says, wait, hold on. I thought we talked about that. Can you give me more? Where are we on that? And I said, Bob, not, not right now. I'll just put an asterisk by this one. And I usually put it in a different color. And I say, we'll come back to that uh, so that you don't lose that flow. Now, look, here's something else. When you go for volume, when you go for quantity, if you're not trying to pick one, if you're not being decisive and splitting things and splitting things, but rather you're being fecund, you're being creative, there's a possible that you're going to have some duplicates or that A and B said 10 minutes apart in the brainstorm absolutely go together and A and B can better be described as C, which is inherently obvious to everyone in the group that C by definition has to include A and B. So you can facilitate that when you're up in front. And again, we're refreshing people's memory. We're keeping them in the moment, thinking about ideas. And you might say, what do you think about combining these two? We can cross both of these out and I can write it as C. Uh, people are like, yeah, that's good. Okay. And they still feel involved in the process. You'll notice this process is live and it includes everybody. You don't tell the group, take a 15 minute break. And when you come back, I will have rearranged everything because ideas to people are special. They have a connection to them. And if you start rewriting it, you don't allow the person who verbalized the idea to say, well, I think you've got that a little bit wrong. It'll be perceived that you are the one making the decision rather than the group moving in the direction of a decision. Right. So don't take those actions yourself. Suggest it. Ask for guidance. Don't act in charge. Act like a supporter of the group. I absolutely feel when I'm in front, when I'm writing things down, it is the group that has power and I'm subordinate. I'm the note taker. I'm an energetic assertive note taker because I want to get it right. And I believe that if I stay energetic, moving around, writing, so on, making notations, asterisk, smiley faces, whatever, uh, that helps the group stay focused. And by the way, um, note taking is powerful in part because when I'm writing the note after Joe says X and then I repeat X and then I write X when I'm writing X, many people in the audience are actually reading X for the third time. So it really cements the ideas in their head. And folks, when we say don't act in charge, don't 
you know, be, be much more of a supporter. Part of that is because it's their list. It's not yours. But this is a little bit harder if you're the boss, if you're the manager, and you're also playing the role of facilitator. In the example I gave Salesforce, Craig is the boss. He wouldn't like that phrase, but it's simple enough. And I was a facilitator, and I worked for him. But you can still be the boss. You can still say, guys, that's great. I really appreciate that. Well done. And thank you, and thank you, and thank you, and thank you over and over and over again. They're doing most of the work in terms of the creative part. Don't overrule them. Whatever you do, don't think as a boss you get to overturn the peanut butter rule. And when somebody says something as inane as peanut butter in a discussion about technology strategies, you don't look at them and say, what? And then leave it off. Because now you're judging. Now you're evaluating. And that's not the same thing as brainstorming. And look, if you're a beginner, when you're reading these, when you're sharing the results, Don't read each idea as if you're afraid to get it wrong. Read it as if you're trying to motivate everyone to buy into the idea. I mean, sell it to the audience because if you don't, if I say, here's a great one, blah, 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 and then I say, and then there's this one, I didn't really understand it, but I had to put it down. You've just insulted the person whose idea it was. You don't want to do that. Your job is to make every idea as interesting as you possibly can within limits of time so that people can truly think about all of them roughly equally before we start narrowing, before we start deciding. We're in the act of creation here. Not, we're not yet in the act of destruction. Okay. Now, it's interesting because most people think, okay, let's all vote for the top one. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's not, Doesn't work. that's not quite the way it works. Yeah, this is whole, oh, that'll crush you. And I've had people do that. They said, Mark, I tried your brainstorming and voting thing, even with the visual stuff, and it didn't work. I said, why didn't it work? He says, well, we we're arguing about what you're going to vote for. It didn't work. Like, uh, you, you did it wrong. You didn't listen. So the key is you have to allow people to have multiple votes. To go from creativity, let's literally describe the ocean before we boil it down, and then say, you must now boil it down all in your head in one second and pick one, people will rebel. They just won't do it. And if you tell them you're only supposed to come up with one, let's say there are 10 people in the group and you're going to have 10 votes, they won't do it. And now you as a facilitator have created a process that they won't or believe that they can't and so therefore they don't do it. And now your credibility as a facilitator in terms of the notes you're going to put out or how you encourage them going forward is diminished notably. And what's more, it's a total buzzkill. People are just saying no. And now you have to come up with a different way of doing it. Yeah. And by the way, there's something worse I've seen done, which is you have a list of 50 things and the boss says, okay, let's, we're going to do number one because it's clear yeah. that's the answer, right? It's like, oh, okay, there you go. Yeah. If I were facilitating and Mike were the boss... It may be very obvious to me from my relationship with Mike that Mike wants idea 23 to be there. If Mike's smart, assuming that in this alternate world where Mark was smart, where Mike was smart. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because of Mike's experience, he knows that idea 23 is really going to make a difference. On the other hand, he also knows that idea seven is where everybody has their energy. He's going to say, okay, let's go after seven right? Because the group will go after it. And this isn't true in all cases, but it's true in most cases. And then he says, and we're also going to do 23. Or, hey, look, I'm not willing to give up on 23. So we'll put some energy into seven and we'll see how it goes relative to whether or not we consider 23, because we don't want to divide our forces if we we don't have enough. 
And if you're a boss who's unwilling to give any control or, or let your, your smart group go in a different direction than you may, right? If you just want, if you just want to pick it, just save yourself the, the bodge. Don't, yeah, don't do, it. do just, all this. Just say, hey, we're going to do number 23. Don't bother running yeah. people through a brainstorming exercise just to play a power move. Yeah. You'll only get to do that once. If you do everything in this cast perfectly until you get to this point and then you pick idea 23, you will have used this one time. People will love it and they will never do it again. Never. Because they're going to sit around going, which idea is it, boss? Oh. We're going to do idea number 23 again, right? I mean, yeah. And they'll be looking at you to see your facial expressions when 23 or 15 or 7 comes up. Go, oh, 23, clearly. And then the, the manager says back to us, well, I scheduled another one for a month from now. And they're all, they all say they'll be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fact that they show up means nothing. The quality of ideas you're going to get are not that big. They're not going to be that motivated. A couple people will cancel last minute. And everybody will know that you're going to come out with your idea anyway. They're going to step away from the process and unfortunately it's going to be like the boy who cried wolf you're going to say i'm going to do brainstorming which implies that you'll have some input and then i'm not going to use your input so pretty soon they're going to be like i'm not going to give you my input this is one of those things and in, in this occurs um fairly frequently where there's some technique or something we're, we're covering and if you decide that there's just one step you, you, you just can't do then it all just falls apart this stuff fits yeah. together in a pretty clear way and if you decide that one of them doesn't work like this one this uh, don't don't call us back later and say oh yeah i didn't I, I i don't know this stuff doesn't work i didn't get the value yeah that reminds me i was interviewed by a reporter last week for an article and uh she said what makes your guidance more effective and i said well we we have data and we've got millions of listeners and so on and i said perhaps from a standpoint of just thinking about the topics or the, the, the specific guidance rather than its result in the marketplace, I said, um, it's actionable and it coheres. And she says, what do you mean coheres? I said, it's coherent, meaning all the ideas are based on fundamental sound principles and you won't find us disagreeing with ourselves in any of our thousand, over a thousand podcasts. And she says, coheres is not a word. I said, oh, I'm sorry. Of course. It is a word. It is, of course. Um, like, wow, okay. But yeah, I think of it as this process really coheres. It fits together very nicely. And people go through it. Even if they've never gone through it, they say, ah, that worked well. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to allow everybody who was part of the brainstorm to have multiple votes. We're not going to have three or four other people come in who weren't part of the brainstorm and provide votes because they're going to start saying, well, what about this or what about that or did you think about this? And now we're back to square one. So the people that got involved in the brainstorm are the people that get votes. Okay? And because the brainstorm, if you facilitate it well, they're really feeling like, hey, this is working. I We really covered the waterfront here, and now I get a number of votes. So we're going to cast multiple votes. Usually for a group of, say, 10 people, about three votes is right. Again, don't choose one, maybe not even two. It feels too constraining to people because if you've got 100 ideas up there, there could be four or five or six that are not captured exactly right, that haven't yet been turned into a plan, that need 20% massaging to get them just right for the for the group and the timeline and the level of effort and the budget and so on. So if you only choose one or two, people are going to feel too constrained. In fact, I have a friend who says, don't call this voting. Uh, he said nominating, I think, um, you know, because generally when you nominate, you can have more than one nominee before the vote actually comes in. I call it voting and multiple votes works fine. But if you prefer, you can call it nominating by the same token. Don't give them five. Okay. 
if you have a group of five and you want to give everybody five, as long as there's 100 ideas up there, that's probably okay. But with a group of 10 and you've got five votes, now you've got 50 votes, it'll probably take a little bit longer to count them. And in my experience, having tried it, you're not going to get uh, results that seem to be that much different than if you give them three. So you're just going to save a little bit of time. And let me say something else. I am astounded, and there is some magic and and mystery in this, but in 25 years of using this technique, I have never had a group, let's say with 10 people, three votes each, that ended up with, out of 100 ideas on a board, 30 different one votes, right? Right. That there were 30 out of the 100 that each got a vote. What you get is there are out of 100, there are 10 that get votes, and there are two or three that get four or five or six votes, and they win. And the beauty of it is, when, and I'll explain how you do it in a minute, when they see it, everybody just goes, oh, yeah, that makes sense. The act of seeing it, the act of physically being involved in it, the act of being creative, and now the act of being destructive is great. So let's be clear. I'm picturing myself doing this, and I've got to be careful that I use my outside voice so people hear what I'm actually thinking, okay? We've got a list up there. We've left our list in the exact same form we captured it. We haven't rewritten it. It's on the whiteboard. It's on the flip charts that are on the wall for everybody to see. It reminds them, boy, you were just really creative. And we say this, okay, there's lots of ideas up here, all good in their own way for various reasons, creative, interesting. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to capture what the group thinks about these ideas. We're going to see where the energy is for implementing these ideas from everyone. Here's what you're going to do. I'd like you to stand up and grab a marker. So if it's a whiteboard, use dry erase markers. Please don't annoy me by using dry erase markers on flip chart paper. Dry erase markers are built differently and they make terrible noises. And everybody should know that you never use a flip chart marker on a whiteboard and vice versa. Everybody knows that. Why would anybody ever do that wrong? Everything. Exactly. Folks, I do it wrong all the time. <laughs> Just Every so hotel know. I go to gives us flip chart paper and then they put dry erase markers in there when there's no dry erase boards, whiteboards in the, in the room we're in. But anyway, so stand up, grab a marker, come up to the board, make a mark. By the way, it's good to have people with different colored markers. And if nothing else, if you have all the same colored markers, use a different color than the one you wrote the notes with, because if there's a lot, you won't be able to see people's votes easily if you have a cramped or energetically written brainstorm list, which you do want. You don't want your brainstorm list to look like it's been typed. So take a marker and put a mark next to what are the three best ideas on the board. Which ideas do you think are most likely to help us deal with this, say, massive workload increase? Uh, as an example, find your top three and make a mark next to each one of them. Take some time, if you like, to reread some or all of them if you need to. Probably you don't. You know, if you start talking about five or seven votes, people will say, well, I, you know, I know what my top two or three are, but the others will have to read through all of them, and that takes longer. And everybody comes to the board, and they have to move around one another, and they have to think about it, and they end up talking to one another. There, there's some physicality here that actually helps the process. And then once you're done, take a seat again. And if you're facilitating this, encourage the boss quietly to vote late, but not necessarily last. In other words, really energetic boss goes up there and gives one, two, three. It just buzz kills everybody else. We're like, well, those are the ones we're going to be working on. Even if you think of yourself as an inclusive boss, you voting that quickly 
it's perceived that you are literally trying to send a message. Yeah, you may not exactly. mean it that way, but that's exactly what it's perceived as. And before we move on to the next step where we're capturing agreement, we're going to add up all the votes from all the ideas and make sure everybody voted three times. If you have 10 people, that should be about 30 tick mark votes. Uh, of course, it's okay if you're a couple short. Every once in a while, probably every, eh, probably every other time, somebody says, I actually gamed the system. I voted for these two, and I counted as one vote because they're so closely related. And then you end up with 31 tick marks. But that's okay. It won't matter. And there's inevitably, eh, maybe once every 20 times, you get 50 votes out of 10 people each getting three votes. It's like, dude, you're cheating. <laughs> Start over again. Or we'll go up one at a time, and you only get to make three votes. And then basically... It's in front of them, and they see where the tick marks are. And, and and by the way, if you use different colors or different color, like red for voting versus black for your nodes, the words on the whiteboard, it just becomes brilliantly obvious that the group is already in agreement. The group was in a creative mode, came up with all this stuff. All of them sounded good at the time, maybe, or we gave everybody the chance to speak. And then what do you know? Over and over and over again virtually every time I've ever done this, you end up with two or three things that um, are clearly, becomes yeah. pretty obvious what the next steps are. Yeah. But that's not enough, right? You, but yet, at least verbally, you have to capture the results. We have to read out what we're going to do. It's not enough to just stop at that point. Yeah. You start somewhere in the list, usually the top left. We'll read each item and report the number of votes it got. Or more specifically, we will read any item that has a vote and we will say the number of votes it has. So, retain a recruiter, one vote. Repurpose testing staff into developers and automate testing, four votes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And when we do that, we erase the individual tick marks that each person made and replace them with Arabic numerals so the voting results become visible as we work our way through the list. And then basically, it's like you're counting ballots. Once we're done... We have the list of ideas, and the winners of the voting will be incredibly apparent. Yeah. And let's be clear, you know, Arabic numerals, why that's so important. It's really hard for people to look at the long list, see a bunch of tick marks, and, and, and then go understand the relative time. ranking and the votes they get. So you, you got to write the number there. Yeah. Almost every time, two to three to four ideas win resoundingly. Two to three or four of the ideas have four to five or six votes. The vast majority have no votes. That's right. Several have one, some have two, but the two or three or four of them have four or five. And it reinforces what individuals thought. Like, oh, we're already in alignment. We're smart. We were, as we were being creative, our part of our brain was also thinking, I got to figure out which ones I like the most. And you feel more together as a group. And there's opportunities for team building, you know, that if there's one item that's really stupid and it gets one vote, you find out who voted. Then as a group, you make fun of that person. That's that's always a favorite part of it <laughs> is for me. I'll tell you something else I really like. You do this one time for your group. If you're a manager and you can't have facilitator come in, do it once or twice. Everybody on your team will be able to replicate it. You may have to ask them to be a little bit more energetic than they normally would be. You may have to say, hey, look, you know, you, you really have to do this right. You have to have, be prepared and so on. There's not some hidden technology. We just describe exactly what I do. And every time I do it, if an audience, if a group has never seen it before, they're just like, wow, that was great. And particularly for groups that are mid-level managers up to junior executives who are s starting to grapple with the issue of 
the higher I get in management, the less clear things are, and I have to make things up about the future. I have to decide. My boss is not going to tell me we're only doing X, and here, you know, here's the your deliverables for the year. The boss is going to say, "Look, it's your area. You need to figure out how you're going to run it." I'm too busy running my area to also run yours. I'm not a micromanager, and this is a very helpful way to go from "I have no idea what I should do in the future" to "We could do. We could take." We can enact this plan. So look, if you have to figure out a plan of attack in an unknown future, use this combination of brainstorming and visual record keeping and multiple voting to help your team both determine what they're going to do and also start feeling good that they're in alignment and they can probably do it. And when you get good at it, you can do all of this in probably a total of 45 minutes, a useful hour-long meeting. Absolutely. Okay, my friend. That's awesome. Thank you. Anytime. All right, man. We'll see you. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want the how-tos of management wherever you are, check out the free Manager Tools mobile app. It's available on both iOS and Android devices. Go to the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and download the Manager Tools app. Just search for Manager Tools in the respective store or go to the Manager Tools website, www.manager-tools.com, and you'll find the links on the bottom of the homepage. Once you've installed the Manager Tools app, you'll have access to all the Manager Tools and Career Tools shows anytime, anywhere you want. With easy searching of podcasts by category, using the map of the universe, or using built-in search functions, it couldn't be easier. Additionally, if you're a Manager Tools personal licensee, you'll have easy access to all the show notes right from the app whenever you want. Go to the App Store and download the Manager Tools mobile app. You'll be happy you did. <laughs>